homeschooling moms embarking on a self-defining journey. Listen in on conversations that will encourage you to be your authentic self while uplifting your spirit and motivating your inherent potential. They're defining what culture is for their families and want you to do the same. Bring your children along too so they can meet the cleverly cultured kids. They're all for teaching the babies while they're young, adapting to the challenges of parenting, homeschooling, and being willing to learn the lessons that the children have to offer. It's all about uplifting one another and reclaiming your innate greatness. Welcome back to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. We are so glad that you are still tuning in and listening with us. We are back from our break and we are super happy about the new school year coming up. Today's history to explore is Africa also has the world's largest desert, the Sahara, which is nearly as big as the USA. Visit our show notes page to learn more about the Sahara Desert. Our African proverb today is, A fully grown-up tree cannot be bent into a walking stick. And that is a Kenyan proverb. Be sure to tweet us and let us know what that proverb means to you. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by Yoruba Land. Duro. Duro. Duro means wait in Yoruba. everyone welcome to another cleverly changing podcast we have an excellent show in store for you i am super super thrilled to have a very special guest with us today but before we tell you who our guest is let me remind you i am l cole i am a mom of twins and we homeschool for seven years we have been sharing different stories for families who homeschool as well as supplement their children's education. I am a mom that has been working from home and so we shared different aspects of that on the podcast as well. And I have a co-host, Miriam. Miriam, will you tell everybody who you are? Hi, I'm Miriam and I am the mother of four young people. I am a urban farmer and a writer and editor and a homeschooler of, let's see, it's been like five, six years now. 
and it's been great. And I've been learning a lot about myself and the children along the way. And it's been wonderful sharing them with you. We have our guest today, Miss Brunea Fairchild. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get on into things? Yes, yes. Thanks so much for having me. Hello there, Cleverly Changing Community. Uh, my name is Brunea Fairchild. Um, I am a homeschool mom of two beautiful boys um, and the founder of the Melanin Village, which is a growth-centered gathering space for Black and Brown homeschoolers. Um, so I am similarly fully immersed in the homeschooling world. Um, I love just connecting with other families, in particular moms who are just on this journey, uh, knowing what a difference that community and support makes for us. Um, so I'm just excited to be here and to connect. Terrific. I have admired the work that you do in your village for a long time. Your village is no longer new, but can you really kind of explain to people how you got started in homeschool and why you developed a community around homeschooling? For sure, for sure. So um, I I really appreciate this question because you know everyone's like, like, what's the origin story? And I'm like, it's not as convoluted. Um, as one would think, where it's just like I, so my intention to homeschool um, started even before I had my own children. So I was immersed in education. I've always been passionate about education. I'm a certified educator in Spanish and social studies. Um, and so during my college years, I had a mentor who had seven children um, and she homeschooled them. And so I was really inspired by what she was doing. I was, I learned more about like homeschool being a lifestyle. I was you know, first I was like, how will you prepare them for the real world? And what will you do? And, you know, there was an analogy she gave me, which is, you know, I think about it kind of like, um, she said, you know, the military, you don't send the new recruits out just straight into the battlefield. You put them through basic training. And so she said, I imagine our home being the space in which they get the skills they need. So when they launch into the world, they're ready. And I was like, huh, okay, that makes sense. So I had that like really practical lived experience, someone I was walking closely with who homeschooled. And then in my undergraduate work, I was a history major. So as I shared, I'm certified to teach both social studies and Spanish. And as a history major, my capstone project um, was evaluating the presentation of slavery in the Civil War in U.S. history textbooks. So I looked at textbooks all the way from 1950 to 2010, and I looked at the way they talked about slavery and Civil War. And let me tell y'all, it was a hot mess, right? <laughs> like, and it's interesting how it changed throughout the decades, right? But, you know, there are these 800, y'all remember those history textbooks, they were big, they were heavy. You got this 800-page textbook, and slavery is mentioned on, you know, two, three, maybe five pages. And it's like, how? How was this possible? What's the story that's being told, you know? And so those experiences um, definitely just led me and my husband to say, yeah, we want to homeschool our boys. We want them to be solid in their identity um, as young Black men, as men of faith, and we want to build them up before we launch them um, into the world. So that's a big part of it. And the other part is like, I just really like my kids. My oldest, he'll be turning seven. And I tell people, I'm like, you know, they say parenting, you know, when they're 18, they're an adult. I'm like, at six, you're 33% of the way through. Like, I'm a third there. I love the time that I get to have with them. And so I just try to tell myself, I'm soaking it up. And look, I'm already 33% of the way down. <laughs> um, so those are the things that kind of led us to homeschool. Now, once we got into actually homeschooling, 
I, I had these desires. I didn't want my kids to have the experience of being the only. I went to a predominantly white school. Um, and so, and you know, when I started in fourth grade, I was the only black girl in my class. Like, you know, and I was like, oh, I don't want my kids to have experience. But we started homeschooling. We live in a predominantly white space. And so it was the same thing. I'm like, wait, something is not jiving here. Something is not jiving where like, I wanted you to have this different experience, but we're still not surrounded by a community that looks like us and gets us. And so from there, that's where the village was born. I reached out to a few other Black homeschoolers that I knew, and they were like, yeah, it sounds like it could be a good idea. I put out a survey, so at large, you know, into Facebook groups, and I just got a lot of responses. And so I said, let's just give this a try. Um, I'm an educator. I'm an entrepreneur. I believed in this model of how community can self-support and be a sustainable model for a busy homeschooling mom. Um, and then also really serve in a way that meets everybody's need in the community, right? Because then we're working collaboratively. And so from there, the village was born and it has been so much more beautiful, so much bigger than I even imagined. I love it. I love it. I love the origin story. I love how you were starting something new, but still wanted to have a community and diversity was a big part of that. In the earlier parts of our podcast, I've said that if I'm joining your homeschool group with my family and that makes it diverse, it's not a diverse homeschool. It's right. not a diverse co-op. And I think often we as people of color in the homeschool space, we do often find ourselves in groups where we may be the only or mm -hmm. one of a few. And just like they often say they value diversity, especially when we join, we often need more diversity than just black and white. We need more diversity than just us. If we're the only family there, it's not diverse. One family in the mix does not make a community diverse. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, um, yeah, I've been asked sometimes like, well, how do you navigate different family situations? And I like to just I've processed this a bit with um, Heritage Mom. So she has a Black homeschool community um, in Georgia. Um, and she, her community at, at large, you know, she has a platform which she encourages homeschoolers just to embrace uh, diversity. And it's really awesome what she does there. Um, and so I got to process a little bit about the importance of having not just diverse spaces, but also affinity spaces. So a space where you don't have to explain it all, right? Because oftentimes, like diversity is beautiful and it comes together, but it is a space in which you're adding your perspective. Um, and you might have to explain yourself, all right? Or explain this type of thing. And of course, in the Black experience, there is so much diversity. There are single moms. There are moms who, you know, like there are just so many different ways in which we homeschool. So of course, the diversity in our community, but to not have to explain what it looks like to show up and be the only brown face or how hard it is to find a history curriculum, just being with people who get it. Um, and so I think that's one thing that the village has provided is that affinity, that space to say, yep, you are safe here. You got it here. We're all, we're all entering of the same on the same plane, even with our different experiences. It's like, yeah, we all heard that song played at the cookout. Right. Like just those types of things where we can connect with, we can laugh with um, and encourage each other, like just from there. I really, really appreciate it um, having that that level of affinity uh, together. I want to say thank you so much for putting the 
word that I was looking for because as you were discussing being the only, I was thinking about diversity and then Elle says being the only one there doesn't make it diverse and it's true. But then I was thinking, but sometimes I don't want to be in a diverse space. The the affinity space is where it's at because you have the shared experience indeed and everything just kind of makes sense. And then for the little differences that do need a little something, it's easy to, you know, grasp because it's still rooted in our experience. Exactly. You know, it makes a world of difference. And then I also wonder for myself if I am biased because I didn't go to school with white people until college. Mm -hmm. My, oh, I'm lying. And kindergarten. So kindergarten (laughs) and then... (laughs) at the beginning of undergrad but all this time you know I've been with people that look like me and I'm very used to it and I can't even lie it makes me a little uncomfortable sometimes it makes me a lot uncomfortable most of the time and it's not that I have anything really against them it's just like you said yeah that safety experience Mm -hmm. yeah so when you started your group how how many did you start out with? How did it, you know, grow? You said that you put out some surveys and jumped mm-hmm. into a lot of Facebook groups. So how many did you really start with and how did it build into Great. what we have now? Yeah, man. Thanks for asking that question. So first, I just want to totally affirm you because I sometimes joke with people. I say, when I say diverse, I mean black. I want to be in a black <laughs> space, right? But what I really mean is I want to be in a space in which I don't have to explain myself and I can fully show up. And I think there are many paths to that mountaintop for how Black folks might come to feel in that way. Because I was on the other end of the spectrum. I went to school with all white kids most of my life, right? I started private school in fourth grade and I went all the way through 12th grade. And then I went to an Ivy League. I didn't have a Black teacher until my senior year of college. And that was the professor who oversaw my, my capstone project, my thesis, okay? So I had a very different experience. And still I'm like, I don't want to have to do it. It's the work, right? It's all the things we've got to put on to show up a certain type of way and make sure we're not processed in a certain type of way and explain ourselves, et cetera. And so there is really good and important diversity work that we can do. That's why I miss it. mentioned Heritage Mom. She has a book that just came out that really dives into how we can do that. And I think that is important. And I also think it's important for us to have our needs met in community that looks like us and gets us. And so I feel like she walks in that sweet space of having both, right? Um, her her homeschool community that's local, and then also having um, a way in which she, a platform where she encourages all parents to embrace diversity and kinship. And then we here in the village, we're doing something similar where it's, hey, if you are a Black homeschooling mom in this journey, as soon as you enter into the village, we already have two things in common. We Black and we homeschooling, right? <laughs> like already two things to start on. And then it's in the village app. You can easily see people who are near you. They can say, oh, and we can get together, right? So I went from having one or two people that I can meet up with, knowing how crazy and busy our schedules are, to having about 12 around, right? And that to me has been game changing to be like, okay, there's someone else. Or even the fact that my son doesn't think homeschooling is weird because he knows so many homeschoolers. He's just like, oh yeah, these people homeschool like me. Oh yeah, you know, it's such it's such a commonplace thing. And so um, we, we started um, back in 2020. The idea actually launched in my mind, you know, hatched in my brain before the pandemic. 
Um, but the pandemic kept going on. And so <laughs> that just happened to be also uh, when the baby was born. Um, and so we had a huge conference in August, 2020. And from that conference, we walked away with our first 100 sisters. And that was just awesome that there was just so much interest and so much passion um, behind, yes, let's get this community together. And the village is um, an international community. Most of us are concentrated in the United States, but we have some sisters in Jamaica, in Spain, in Canada. It's just like, wow, like there are Black folks homeschooling all over the place. And so to have this space where we come together has been so, so valuable. And I will also say, Having a space where, so I like to say the reason even the name, right, is the Melanin Village um, is because I 100% believe in collective wisdom, right? This is nobody's one show. This isn't my show. This isn't your show. This is us showing up with our gifts, pouring in together, pulling out together. And so the village has gone from, you know, us having our biweekly meetups. I do trainings in education. So, you know, my background's in education. I love research. So I love to be able to say, yep, mama, the way that you learned this math, this makes sense in this way, but look at how these new strategies make a difference, right? So we do sessions like that every month to just kind of give moms practical tools because those things make a difference. There are lots of things we can learn from educational research. So that's where we started, right? Community and training. That's where I was like, hey, this is what I know that we need. I've heard the feedback, that's what we're focused on. And the village is world to include so much more than that. We've got clubs for our kids. We just won a grant. So um, we are having science, free science and Spanish classes for people who are part of the village. Uh, we want to out-school stipend. So everyone's getting a bit of money to be able to spend on that online learning platform. Um, we get science clubs. We have a yearbook. We do a spirit week. Like so many things that when people think they sign up for homeschooling that they're letting go of, like, oh, my kid will never get to do spirit week. They'll never have a yearbook. It's like, no, nah, we can do that too. And in a way that works for your family, right? So now you're a part of this community, but you're still your own homeschool, right? Um, so yes, and those ideas that I just shared with you, they weren't me sitting there jotting down with a notebook. It was a sister saying, hey, I want to do a yearbook. I found this thing. Can I do it? I'm like, yeah, girl, I do what you want to do. Hey, I want to lead a meetup for the girls. We have a Young Queens meetup. We have a, you know, a gaming meetup. Someone saying, my kid wants to do this. I'll supervise the time. And there being now a set time of the schedule in which those things happen, all because we are coming together as a community to see the needs met. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been a beautiful space of folks pouring into what they want to see and then creating that, creating that here. I just want to say that I have been a part of the community when it first started, I joined and I felt like it was a wonderful space mm. because for the first time ever, I think for families who are kind of on the fence because retention in homeschool is mm. one of those things that can go either way. Yeah. But for me, what really stood out was how older homeschoolers were also in the community. So it yeah. wasn't just newbies, it was all different stages, yeah. all different levels, and they were pouring into each other. And it was it was cyclical. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you join a community where you're just giving, and that can be taxing. But in this community, everybody is both giving and receiving. And I felt like that was a very unique 
part of this space mm -hmm. and something that I think people value the most, at least for me, for sure. that's what really stood out. And I would highly recommend it. That's why I really wanted you to be on the podcast because I personally believe in the work that you're doing. And I know that it's, it's all different types. You talked about the diversity amongst Black women. Um, and so that environment, not just um, different backgrounds, but also different ages of their kids, because mm -hmm. some spaces only have elementary students, mm -hmm. but your space has all different ages. Yeah. And so I think it really helps with retention. Can you talk a little bit about how you've seen that retention change within your community? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, so yes, I, I really appreciate the way that um, the village has blossomed, but also how moms in our community have risen up to meet the needs that they see and the changes that they want to see, right? Um, so to your point, uh, you know, when a mom who's been homeschooling for 20 years comes in and says, I wish I had this when I started, I'm so glad to be here. And she's been here for over a year now. And she's regularly pouring in and encouraging others. I'm like, yeah, we're doing something right. Because it means that it's this collective, right, this collective experience, she still has children that she's homeschooling. And she's like, yes, the fact that we can tap into these resources. Yes, the fact that my kids can be forward his community. So being able to see that end of the spectrum for sure encourages me and motivates me that yes, what we're doing is important and it works and we're so much stronger together. And then the other end of the spectrum when, uh, you know, literally sisters have said, I would have not started homeschooling in 2020 if I didn't find this community. I would have not been able to make it through the last two years if I'd done this. That's one of those like, wow, humbling of like, we have literally supported mamas through their journeys of being able to say yes, giving them giving them a go-to place to go ahead and drop a question, right? It's different than a Facebook group, right? A Facebook group, you might drop a question, nobody might respond, 20 people might respond. You might get a lot of shade in the responses, you know, like, it's a lot, it's a lot that can happen. And the village just is not that space. I like to say, like, we're, we're really kind. It's one of our values to be kind, to be encouraging to each other. Um, so the fact that people know they can show up with whatever they've got going on, both the good days, and the hard days. And so I think that authenticity um, allows for that retention, for people to feel like they can stay a part of the community and for people to feel like they can keep um, just showing up at homeschool because yeah, wow, you did that amazing thing for a hundred days of school and for you not to feel like, oh, I'm failing because someone else is also posting, man, I went off today and I, I did not feel good about, it. you know, like the fact that both of those things show up and love is poured out in both places. I think that makes such a big difference with folks feeling like, yes, even my own experience is going to be diverse, right? There are seasons in homeschool where I'm like, oh, I'm on it, killing it, look at me showing up. And otherwise I'm like, am I doing this? Are we schooling? What's this? You know, right? It is, it's just the authentic human experience. And so I think sometimes just being able to hear someone else who says, yep, we went through this or we did something similar. I recently met up with a sister. It was so nice. She actually lives, you know, 800 miles away. She lives in Georgia. I'm in New Jersey. Um, but she has family who lives 25 minutes away. And so she was picking up her girls or she was dropping off her girls for a, a trip. And so then she said, hey, you want to meet up? And I was like, yeah. And I had a specific question of something that she happens to just do this past year, right? And so I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about it. And she's like, oh, we had to do something similar. And it just was like, oh, okay. Someone who has done it, who said it's work. Right. And I just got that mutual encouragement of like, OK, I can take these steps. I can do this thing. And so I love to say, like, no matter where you are on your journey, 
that there is something that someone can learn from you. I remember my mentor, she told me that because I'm like, can I do that? Like, you know, when I started the village, my children were still young. So I'm like, I know I'm pulling together community, but I'm not in this for, I haven't been in this for 20 years. Like, what does this look like? She said, there is someone who can learn from the steps that you have taken, the things you have learned. Um, and that's just true for all of us. So whether you've been homeschooling for, for 20 days or 20 years, there are things that you can offer um, to other folks, even if it's just like a word of encouragement. And so um, I do think that sisterhood, that care and that authenticity is a part of what makes people feel like, yeah, I can keep doing this. Well, you okay, talked I about have, it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, you talked about authenticity. And so when you say that you're showing up and you have both the good days and bad days, let's be real. Can you tell us how you've been able to do all of that yeah. and still homeschool? Yes, 100%. <laughs> So, um, you know, Elle, we've talked about working in homeschooling before. You were an awesome, um, you presented at our conferences before. Um, and it really is a balance, right? It is a, it's something that you're consistently adapting to and learning about. I shared with a friend that like, she was like, does it ever settle down? And I was like, well, kind of, right? I think the thing that we love about homeschool is the flexibility. It curves with our life. Someone's sick, we can handle it. We need, we need to take a trip, we can do it. It just kind of goes with our life. But that's also the thing that makes homeschooling challenging because the what you're doing can change based on the season, right? Versus in a traditional school setting, it don't matter how you feel and this is the time lunch is. Don't matter how you feel and this is when math is, right? It's not the same in the homeschool. And so that flexibility is something we love, we value, and we like the fact that we like to lean into that. One of the reasons that we homeschool, but also can sometimes make it feel difficult to find our footing and find our rhythm, especially when you add on something else like working in the midst of it. Or maybe some people have really high volunteer commitments or they're caring for another family member, right? All of those other things that then show up as work in your life and add to your plate can suddenly make you feel totally, totally maxed out. Um, so I will say this is something I'm constantly growing in and learning in, but I will just kind of share three things that have been um, making a difference for me. Um, so one is knowing the glass ball metaphor. Um, so the glass ball metaphor, this author, this famous author, she's best time, best selling author. I wish I could remember her name right now, but I can't. And she was asked, hey, how do you manage it? How do you manage, you know, writing these books, doing these things and being a mom? Um, and her response was, I've learned how to catch the glass balls, right? So if you can imagine, we're always juggling, right? We're always juggling different things. Um, and some of the balls we juggle will be glass and some will be plastic. Now, in a simple way of thinking about this, you might say, okay, my kids are always glass. So anytime it's about my kids, I catch the ball. But in all reality, some things for your kids are glass balls and others are plastic, right? So for example, dance recital, that's a glass ball. You're going to catch it. You want to be there. It's a big deal, right? But soccer practice every Wednesday night, would you like to be there? Perhaps. Maybe you want to be there every Wednesday night, but it's a plastic ball. It's something that will rebound if you don't do it, that somebody else can pick up or it'll just stay on the ground and it'll be okay. It wouldn't have shattered anything, right? And so getting some clarity about what are the glass balls in the different areas for me and work? Where do I really have to show up? What really has to be on time and what can be a, oh, that can happen tomorrow, right, type thing. Likewise with my children, where do I really want to make sure that I show up is important for me to connect with? And then where can I be like, okay, no, y'all be all right. Y'all be all right. You know, like knowing those things in my marriage, right? Like just kind of thinking through those and knowing that those are going to change 
from season to season. So that's kind of helped me to say, you know, what's most important? What are, what am I doing at different times? So that's been like just imagery that's resonated with me and that has helped me and that I encourage other mamas in the village with. So that's one. Um, two is just, I guess, growing and letting myself be a person right so like it's actually impossible to maintain your expectations all the time like I'm I'm growing in like what does it mean to have high expectation but low pressure and I don't have a perfect solution for you but I'm it's just a thought that I've been chewing on I can have high expectations with low pressure there's no way I can be a hundred percent every single day it is not possible and you know what that's okay like I am not required to do that like I'm just supposed to be a human right? And I'm supposed to be loving and show up as I can and apologize when I need to. And so even just kind of giving myself permission to be human and to explore what that means to me and explore what it means to show up faithfully um, while also being gracious to myself. So that's my second tidbit. And the third um, is one of my favorite phrases, which is moms need lots of grace and systems in place. Lots of grace and systems in place, okay? So there is enough grace to cover whatever's going to go on in your homeschool day, right? There's enough love to cover it. The, the tantrum, the not getting out on time, the eating a bag of Doritos for breakfast, like whatever the things are that show up, there is grace for it moment by moment, day by day. And also you can establish systems that make your life work and make things easier. Um, so you know that we have this um, this Black to Homeschool conference coming up. And what I love about our conferences and just all the trains that we kind of put together in the village is that it gives a space for you to be thinking about certain areas and practical steps you can take, right? So if dinner is something that stresses you out, you probably do need to come up with a system around it to at least make it easier and make it work more for you. And when you start to get systems or rhythms in place, things that used to be burdens become second nature, right? So research shows that people uh, make about 35,000 decisions each day, 35,000, right? Both big decisions and little decisions. That is a lot of decisions, right? That's just like a lot of different things. Oh, should I wear this? Should I wear that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Right? That's why uniforms make life easy. It's like, boom, know what you're wearing, right? That kind of thing. And so systems, just like, um, or you could also say establishing a rhythm, kind of take some of those decisions off of your plate. Just like you wake up and you brush your teeth, because that's what you do when you get ready in the morning. It's not like you have to force yourself to brush your teeth, right? So anytime you have to require yourself to do something such as choose what dinner is going to be, prepare the ingredients, prepare the dinner, make the table, right? All of those things, you're depleting your willpower, right? Your daily reservoir of what you can go ahead and do and to get done. And I know we've all experienced this, right? At the end of the day, you'll be like, man, these kids wilding out. Or at the end of the day, when you've been wanting to eat in a certain way, and then you're like, why am I putting this mess in my mouth? It's because at the end of the day, you're tired. You've depleted your willpower, right? And so when you have systems in place so that things become natural and second nature, okay, after dinner, I go for a walk listening to my audiobook. That's just what I do. It's not even like a you know, a thing we have to kind of debate about the same way I brush my teeth in the morning, there's no decisions that have to be made that kind of lightens your load because you have the systems in place. So I like to couple systems in place with grace because some systems are going to work in, in certain seasons and other ones you're going to have to change them around. Sometimes you fall off with the thing you've been doing, you got to get back going. Um, and so they coexist, but knowing that it's something kind of like lighten, lighten your load um, have been things that have been helpful for me. So those are the three I'd share about trying to balance it. The glass balls, the treating yourself as a human loved person, 
Um, and then giving myself lots of grace and establishing systems to try to make life flow more smoothly. Okay, I have a question about mm -hmm. these systems okay. in place. Now, I am aware that you have a special system for um, attire in your home. How does that work? Because I find that to be very intriguing. Yes, yes, girl. Let me tell you, this um, capsule wardrobe is what it's called. It's totally changed my life. It's been game, game changing. So clothes um, have been a huge problem for me always. I do not like to, to put away clothes. I don't mind putting them in a washer, but then I don't want to put them in a dryer. And put them in a dryer, I surely don't want to hang them up, okay? Um, and so for the beginning part of my marriage, my husband pretty much just kind of like handled the clothes. But then we started having kids and this work schedule changed. And now it's like all these clothes and I, I got to and then I got this thing where I could only put away the clothes when I'm talking on the phone because I dislike it that much. But you talk on the phone and, you know, the kids want to wild out. It's a whole thing, right? It's a whole thing. And so getting tired of there being piles, right? The, the pile in the washer, the pile in the dryer, the pile on the floor and trying to get it through, um, I was able to research and I found this idea, which is known as a capsule wardrobe. And it's essentially having a fixed number of items for your wardrobe or your children's wardrobe. Um, and then that being it and then matching and matching. So my boys have six shirts, six pants for each season. So spring, fall, you know, I just kind of get them for the season. Um, and they mix and match. So the shirts go with the bottoms, bottoms go with the tops. It's pretty simple to do. The only thing you end up staying away from are things that are super maybe like neon all the time, right? So there might be one or two favorite pieces, but it's actually, at least on the boys' side, pretty simple to do. And I've also heard folks, folks with girls, they'll do like, you know, a solid dress and then they have different sweaters, maybe that mix and match and accessories that then make the outfits different outfits. Um, so for our, dip, for our weekly, that's we have the six pants, six shirts, um, and then we also have, um, you know, like special outfits. So I would definitely recommend researching because you build a capsule in a way that works for your family. But the difference it has made for me is that all my kids' clothes can be done in one, one load, okay? So um, <laughs> my son was at his grandma's house the other day and she was like, oh, put that in the hamper. And he's like, grandma, what exactly are you talking about? What's a hamper? She's like, he said, we just put the clothes straight into the washer, which is our system now because I don't keep a hamper because we just wash once a day, right? So it kind of forces me to wash once a day because, you know, um, we don't have a hamper, but also because there's so few clothes. He has an outfit, everybody has an outfit. We throw it on the wash when the, you know, high energy efficient wash is washed and then we're able to put them away and use them again when we need to. And many families find this works because when you think about what your kids wear, they probably have their few favorite things anyway. Right, the shirt they want to keep going back to, the pants they want to keep wearing, like they have their few favorite things. And so some families are doing it anyway. Um, and so yeah, it's been working for us. Um, it was a little bit of a transition, not as much as our kitchen. I took our kitchen down in a more minimalist approach. So we have like four plates um for you know each one of us, and we have six cups. That was a little bit more challenging because you know not being used to having to wash the plate after each one. That took a minute, but also all my dishes could fit in a dishwasher in one load. So I'm not mad. Like it works. Oh, okay. So see, when you were talking about the capsule wardrobe, right? I was like, is there a capsule kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I cannot stand washing dishes. Yep. And I have four children and yet every night I'm washing nine cups. <laughs> Don't ask me how this math makes sense because I don't get it. Yeah. However, and I feel you, like if you wash it, 
I'm not trying to put it in the dryer. I'm not trying to fold it and put it in drawers too. If I wash them dishes, I'm not drying them and putting them in the cabinets. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else is coming pick that one up. Yeah. Ain't doing it. Yep. Now I'm gonna you have encouraged me yes. to get into some research on the kitchen. I don't know how to downsize that with these people. They eat 15 times a day. 15 times a day. Yeah. <laughs> There's other it. things that need to be done. So I, I can't just, you know, be stuck at the sink washing your 15 plates. Right. Oh, my lands. You yes. know, one thing, two things I got from Village Sisters. So this is, again, the collective wisdom. So one, uh, she packs lunches. They homeschool, but they pack a lunch. And that has actually worked really well for us because if not, my kids will kind of eat all day long or yeah. I will have gone shopping and then everything's gone by Wednesday. And I'm like, wait, it's been two days. Like, how was all the food at the house for, right? Um, and so she said she, the reason she started packing lunches was because lunchtime was taking too long with indecision. But for me, it was a way to be able to portion the amount that's being eaten throughout the day. You got your lunch, you got your five snacks, there's plenty of snacks until dinner time, and this is what you get for throughout the day. So to be able to let them self-moderate, that has worked really well for me, like kind of putting in the lunchbox. And so I think it also maybe has made our uh, dishes situation a little bit easier because it's not like a little bowl for this, a little bowl for that. We're using the Ziploc bags, there's reusable ones, whatever works for you to be able to reuse. So that's one idea. And then another sister talked about color coordinating. And so maybe everybody has their plate in their cup and they're just responsible for it. I don't know how old your kiddos are. Um, but if you want to eat, this is your thing right here. So if it's not clean, you ain't got nothing to eat off of, right? So I am totally for empowering our children as like agents to say like, yeah, you can, you can do this. You can be responsible for this in this way. And I think like everything, it takes time. It takes practice. It takes transition. But I definitely feel like the time that's invested in like establishing the system and everyone going through the growing pains is worth it because you're going to spend time otherwise, right? Doing all the things and still being tired at the end. Um, so I'm with you and I believe in you. You can do it. Thank you so much. I need the encouragement. Oh, you have no clue. And and can I just say, you just made me think when you said everybody has their own color. I was like, we had that as a kid, even though I'm the only child. Um, yeah. Up to a certain point, my cousins and my aunt, we all lived together. Mm -hmm. And I remember we all had those tall Tupperware cups and yep. each one of us had our own color cup. So that took care of the cup situation. I don't remember if we did that with plates and bowls too or not. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the younger kids it can work, that. but also depending on your cabinets, maybe just each person has a different place in which they put it. Mm. Um, you know, so it's like, this is your, your section. Um, and I mean, you can just kind of trust them to start to self-regulate. Which plate did you use? You know, you know, there's four <laughs> plates in there. <laughs> The memory is short with these folks. Damn, that's I understand. Because they sitting here like, I think that's my cup. No, I'm just going to get another one. No, I need one for water. I need one for tea. And yep. I need one for something else. <sighs> yeah. They're old enough that they could. The girls are 14 and 9. Okay. They help me with dishes. The boys. <laughs> We've got work to do. <laughs> I understand. I understand. My toddler recently learned a phrase from his older brother. No me, mama. No me. Like to say not me, right? So I'll say like, oh, who's this? No me, mama. I'm like, yes, it was you. 
You, you got to use the bathroom? No, me, mama. Okay. <laughs> that is so cute. I want to jump back into the diversity thing really quickly. So, well, I have two. Okay, so the first question, let's start here. You keep mentioning the mamas. So is this community geared towards the mothers specifically and we don't really bring the dads in or are they kind of, you know, just on the peripheral will be one. And the second question really quickly is you mentioned before, just hop in the app. We got an app. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, please yeah, tell okay. us more. Yep. Very great questions. Um, so yeah, so this time, so I like to say we are the safe space for black and brown homeschooling mamas. Um, so even just the fact of not having to explain your experience of womanhood, of the specific burden um, and responsibility and honor that you carry as a mama, um, that's something else that's laid down as soon as you walk through the door. Because so many spaces are either family-centric or male-dominated. And so, yeah, the village is really a sweet space. The fact that most primary, right, the primary homeschooler is normally the mom is focused on that way. Now, we have imagined ways that we can incorporate fathers because they are obviously very active parts um, of it. And so sometimes they dads will kind of show up and like, yeah, when we're doing spirit week, we'll see pictures of dads also participating, etc. But in the community, in the app, it's mamas only. And so yeah, you can post about that tummy ache or, you know, the breast milk leaking, and you don't feel like somebody else <laughs> wouldn't get it, or you wouldn't want to read that, um, wouldn't have that experience. So yes, at the time, this is that's kind of where we are. Um, I also would say that a, a part of that intention is yes, to not have to explain yourselves, but also because um, black, as Black women, we give so much, we do so much. And so to just have a space in which we are poured into so that we feel rejuvenated and can show up makes such a big difference. As I like to say, like, we hold you down so you can lift your family up. You know, like, we are here for you so that when you go back out in there, you feel like, yeah, I got a warrior, a sister, sister warriors back here who are encouraging me on. So that's the kind of philosophy of how it works, knowing if we pour into the mama, that the whole family will benefit in that way. Um, and yes, yeah, so we use a community platform known as Mighty Networks, and then the village exists on there. Um, and you're able to do so many fun things in there. Um, like I said, you can find uh, sisters near you. Um, all of our trainings are linked in there. You can message sisters directly. You can post your questions. Um, you have access to our discounts. So we have like discount partners with um, other, like with things that we would normally use, like woke homeschooling, which is a um, a, a culturally, um, it's a U.S. a conscious U.S. His history curriculum um, with the perspective of African Americans in mind, right? So, like, you get a discount there. So, partnerships we forge to be able to support us um, in that way and to support our community in that way. So, yeah, that all happens in the Village app, and it just makes it kind of easy. You know, you can get the notification versus having to go sign in somewhere else. And it also makes it set aside. So versus a Facebook group where things are loud, things are busy, and the energy is just kind of different on Facebook, you come into the village and you feel like you entered another world. And I think that's a really special, special thing about the way it's kind of set up. Beautiful. I know that you talk about systems, you make everything sound so great, but I know as a homeschooler myself that even when you have everything in place, sometimes yeah. things don't go your way. Yeah. And you did mention that. Can you describe a time when your children had a meltdown and how did you handle it? Yeah. Even Because even the best of us, even when yeah. you know we have 
all the right answers. Sometimes things just don't go as planned. Yep. No, that's great. I'm like, just one time, one time, <laughs> that's all you want. Cause girl, you know, I'm going to give maybe just like two, two different ways that it shows up for me. Um, so sometimes like, I just have to like you going through it, but I've got to block you out. Cause I'm getting this thing done. Right. Either. Cause like, I'm not well and I'm tired and I just got to close my door. Right. Or because like, I really have to get this thing. I told you, we just got this grant for the village. I had to get like, you got to move mountains, you know, block. You got to block the time beforehand. Got to get back home and be able to set up to, for my interview. And like, it just was so, so much. And it's just like, yeah, you know, with my son, I try to have special time with him. It's about 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, one-on-one -on -one connecting, whatever he want to do, we do. But when I'm launching or when I've got stuff like this, like where I'm like, okay, no, we got to get this, uh, this interview or this application done. I'm just like, Hey honey, sorry. I can't, I can't do special time. And it's just a conversation. And one thing I think it helps me do is to like teach him that I'm human. Like I can't do all the things um so kind of doing that and that those are like my stronger moments when I have the capacity to verbalize it to him I plan in advance you know I say it and he knows he might still be disappointed but I told him you know and I can remind him we talk about um and then other times I'm sitting here and he's talking to me and I'm like didn't I didn't I just tell don't you see me typing on this computer right here right like you know I just want to show up like that. And I do show up like that. And then I'm like, okay, you know, work through it. And I'm able to come back if it makes sense to come back. If I did say something that was hurtful and to go back around. But the truth is like, I'm fully human. And even sometimes when I'm getting ready to speak. So I like was working on this conference presentation. I was feeling like such a fraud, you know, because I was like, I'm about to teach about this thing right here. And I feel like today, these last few days, I've just been a hot mess. And then that's when that thought came back to me which is just like I don't have to be perfect all the time um to be able to know what truth is or to be able to offer encouragement and I think sometimes that pressure of feeling like my house is never messy like I'm talking to y'all right here in this corner but over here I'm looking at these 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 clothes that I was supposed to have put away yesterday because it was just my one load that I didn't do you know and it's like okay this is real life and that's okay at the end of the day, I still know that this system has been game changing and it works for us. And also I'm human and there's grace for the fact that I wasn't able to hold up on my part for the system to be able to, to roll out. Like we're not machines, our children are not machines, our homes are not factories. Um, so the systems help us move more smoothly. Um, and then we lavish ourselves with grace knowing that, all right, we're 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 gonna be the, the glitches um, that show up and that's okay. And that's okay. So yes, I'm, I am, I feel like every day, every day, most days in my youngest, he's a crier in so much as that, like, he doesn't like not a cry, like crying all the time, but when he cries, it's like from zero to 10, you know, you know, when you baby, you just be like, wow, what happened? Like what's going on? Like he just, he goes there. And when, when he was first born, it just, it would break on my nerves so badly and it stressed me out because it wasn't like, oh, I'm upset. It's like, I'm upset, And you know that several times throughout the day, it really stresses you out, right? And so it's been me learning of like, okay, when he gets upset, he goes here and I I have to navigate here in this space. Um, And now I've said, okay, it's important to me in my life to carve out space to be able to help him process his big emotions because I want him to know 
how to process his big emotions. But that's something I'm still learning, right? He's two and a half. So I'm still learning what does it look like to show up for him with his big emotions. And it looks differently than it did with my older son. Um, so yes, it's like every day, every day. Oh, yes. I totally can relate to the zero to 10 on the emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I have one son like that. And we've um, do we've started working on like some breathing techniques mm -hmm. and like some meditational spacing for him. And so I just, you know, kind of bring him in and grab both of his hands. And I try to keep my voice real calm and steady, which sometimes you know how that can be. You just really <laughs> But you know, you gotta, damn, you gotta be the grown up. Yeah, yeah, yep, it's no. it's tough. I totally can relate there. Yeah. Oh man! So let me ask about the app. Can they? Can we get the app? See, I'm, I'm stuck on this because I'm like, what? Homeschool <laughs> group with the app? Get back! Okay, this is like really cool. Mm -hmm. So, is it something that you can only get? via the website or is it something that you can find on your google play store That's and apple store and you know all the mm -hmm. other application managers? awesome question so to get access to uh the village we open our doors um so to speak a few times per year so it's not like just at any given day if you say i want to go join the village and you can go sign up and that's mainly because I fully believe in a supporting the mamas who are there and being able to pour into them. It's kind of hard to focus on people who are both coming in and who are already there. But also because I'm a whole person, y'all, and <laughs> to manage new people coming in every day would be really, really challenging. And so I love to just be able to, when we're, we're, we're opening our doors to new sisters, like there's a whole team of sisters who come to kind of welcome in and kind of support me in that process and our admin team supporting so that we can focus on the families who are showing up. So we do that a few times per year, and it's normally with our big conference events. So like Black to Homeschool, which is going on uh, August 26th to 28th of 2022. Um, we do one like in February for Black Homeschool Mom Day. Um, so there are a few times per year we open up. Now, if there's not an event going on and you're like, wait, I, I, I'm, it's October or something like that, right? How can I jump in? You can also do something which is called request a sister pass. So request a weekend pass to check out the village. And if you check it out and you love what you see, you can then sign up and continue to be a part of the community. Um, so those are kind of two ways to get in the door, but it's not something you can just download from the Play Store. It's you kind of go through our process. You, I mean, it's not really processes. You say, hey, I want to hang out with you. And I say, okay, cool, here's the link. Um, and then you're able to get access that way and you'll be able to come right on in. Um, I also want to speak to just your point, um, Miriam, about like, <laughs> so I think a, a funny, maybe just a funny example of, so my son similarly of like teaching him to manage his emotions. So Sesame Place has, or Sesame Street has this app, a breathing app, an emotional, social emotional health app. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this with him. I did it with my older one. It really helped. And so it shows a monster. It gets really upset about something. And then you help the monster calm down by breathing. So I'm taking him through it. And you know, he kept wanting to restart and replay, not to get to the breathing part, but because he wanted to re keep replaying the monster getting angry. So the monster would get angry and he'd be like, restart. Go through, right? Wouldn't even want to get to the breathing part. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I tried. <laughs> I shut up this way. And eventually he does know how to stop and to breathe. And we do it together. And it's fun. And it's beautiful now. But at first I'm like, look at me trying to show up here in this way. And the system I'm trying to put in place is not working, right? 
And so letting him be fully human and me responding to what he needs and then also being persistent and gracious with myself as we as we show up with it. And so I do know it's easy to kind of listen to these things to be like, wow, this person really get, got it together. Um, I know I listen to some people talk and I'm like, wow, do you ever feel like a failure? Because that's what I'll be feeling like sometimes. Um, and the truth is, yes, yes. There, there are days in which we all, there are moments in which we all just feel like, how am I doing this? How am I keeping it together? And I would just say, Having someone who can encourage you and to speak life into you, um, that makes a big difference. I had a, an issue with the dentist where I didn't take my son back soon enough, and his cavity started to, and I felt bad, y'all. And that's so why I texted a, a, a mom friend. She's um, an older mom friend, and I was just telling her what it is, and she's like, yep, yeah, it's okay. They're trainers, Heath. And just her saying that lifted such a weight because I really could have prevented the situation had I taken a different step, right? Um, but her just being like, I felt badly when similar things happened. It's okay. This is what these teeth are for. You're doing just fine. It, it was literally like one text message that then made me feel like, okay, you're not messing everything up. Yeah. And so I'm just saying in the trenches here with you, there are areas in which we're just naturally are like, yeah, I got it. Of course, of course we eat a well-balanced meal every day. That's, that's something I, I struggle with over here, but there are some areas in which you're like, yeah, we naturally do that. We naturally exercise. We naturally incorporate nature, right? In letting, in letting yourself shine and be encouraged by that and also being super gracious to yourself um, in the areas you struggle and in the days, the moments, months in which you find yourself struggling. Absolutely. You've said so much and definitely this conversation has given us all life. One of the points that I want to bring out that I really want to reiterate for those who are listening is that even when your son was frustrated or even when we've been frustrated, you don't give up. You say, okay, it didn't work. I'm going to try again or I'm going to try a new way. Mm -hmm. But you keep reevaluating and then doing something else. And I think that's very important when it comes yeah. to homeschool at every single level because homeschooling is really about not giving up, evaluating, analyzing, mm -hmm. and trying something new. To me, that is really the core of homeschooling. And I think in all of this entire conversation, it's been a consistent thread throughout what you've said, and it's been very helpful. And I know those who are listening are like, man, where can I find her online? Because this is the type of person I want to be connected with. This is the type of community I want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate your time. We appreciate all the gems that you shared because I know there are so many actionable things that you shared that people can look into further. And those who are listening, I know you were trying to write down all of those <laughs> points, the books, the tips, all of it. But don't worry, we will add all of that information to the show notes so you can go to that spot and definitely find out where to become a part of her village, but also how to connect with her and connect with other homeschooling families. Exactly. And so I would love for you to share how people can connect with you, not just um, on the village, but also in other um, social media platforms. For sure. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for having me. This has just been a lot of fun. I love every time I, I talk to you. I remember the first time, uh, oh, that 
we met, it was because I asked to interview you for the conference. And I just was like, Lord, like she feels like a sister. Like, you know, I just was so encouraged by our conversation. So I'm grateful for you. Um, and if you are like, yeah, let's just get connected and plugged into community. Um, so you can check us out at melaninvillage.org um, and kind of, you can register for events there. You can request a sister pass there. I'll also show you like we have a resource center which just has articles that share some of these things that I've been talking about. Um, so all of those things you can find at melaninvillage.org. Likewise, um, if you are like, yeah, let's hang out on Instagram or Facebook, um, you can find us, The Melanin Village, both on both platforms. So at The Melanin Village on Facebook or on Instagram and then facebook.com slash The Melanin Village. Um, and finally, I do read and respond to all emails. So once you go to our website at melaninvillage.org, if you sign up for our email list, I send, you know, kind of regular-ish, you know, because I'm a homeschooler mama, <laughs> encouragement. Um, and so if you respond to one of those emails, you will get a response from me. It might not be the next day, um, but you will surely get a response from me. It's something that's really important to me that, you know, when someone takes the time to share to reach out that, you know, we, we connect. So those are all the different ways we can connect. Awesome. And I just want to say thank you because I have been encouraged by you as well. And I've seen you grow and just your tenacity. It is definitely admirable. And I've admired the work that you've done because you've been very consistent and organized. And so when I'm sharing you with my audience, it is definitely from a place of love because I truly support you as a sister and I believe in the work that you do. And I am so grateful that you've been able to share you know, different tidbits with the Cleverly Changing audience, because I know there is someone listening that's now saying, I can do this. And mm. I think that's what matters most. So thank you for your time, for your encouragement, and for the work that you do in the Melanin Village. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. So go to the show notes and remember to share this episode with a friend because there is someone that you know that needs to hear this. cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.